1: Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm delighted to be back with you again. And summer draws inexorably on. Uh, We've just got a couple of weeks now, and I I know I should take the, the joy and excitement out of my voice when I say there's a couple of weeks left till the end of the summer and the kids go back to school. But it's always the same at this time of year. And you've heard this from me over and over again so I I'm, I'm not am not going to talk much more about it but uh it's it's been a great it's been a great summer apart from the weather which has been horrible. Uh but people seem to have been you know pretty tolerant of continual rain. I mean we just had some guests from England who we hadn't seen for 30 years. Friends we hadn't seen for 30 years. We've been in touch with them but had not seen them face to face. So they came and spent uh, about 36 hours with us on their whistle-top tour of uh, of Ontario. We took them out yesterday, and we were going to do what's called the Lift Lock Tour, which we we go into our local town of Peterborough, and there is a two-hour boat cruise that takes you through a couple of locks. And then you go into the largest hydraulic lift uh, boat lift in the world and it hydraulically lifts um, a number of boats up and then much much higher than a normal lock would and we we got on the boat and it was a beautiful day and we'd been sitting outside in a patio and having a beer or two and and it was just gorgeous and we got on this boat and started off and then the uh, the uh, boat captain said, unfortunately, guys, if you just look behind you, and we look behind, and these just enormous cumulus clouds and graying sky had appeared. And he said, I'm so sorry, he said, but uh, if there is one strike of lightning uh, in the vicinity, they close the lock for half an hour after that strike. And... And that was it. We carried on the cruise for another five or ten minutes, and then we heard the thunder, so we knew that the lightning wasn 't far, far well, the lightning would have been in front, no doubt and and then he said yes i 'm sorry the the lock's going to be closed for a half hour, and unfortunately, if there 's any more lightning that 's going to take us beyond the five o 'clock cut off for the loft, uh, for the lock. So we had to turn around and come back without going through the lock. but I have to say, we came through the most Monstrous thunderstorm. It was it was quite stupendous, and our guest from UK said that uh, they had never um, they'd never seen a thunderstorm like that, let alone been in a boat on water in the middle of it. So so that was quite exciting. So you know it was it was a great day, but once again we were impacted by the weather, which seems to be happening a lot at at the moment. Um, so, so that aside, they I, I said goodbye to them this morning and uh, prepared myself for the uh, the upcoming interview with uh, Andrew Kitchell of Wheelhouse.com. And we're going to be talking about dynamic pricing. I did do a podcast a couple of years ago about dynamic pricing, and I really wanted to revisit this. And Wheelhouse is making quite a hit now cross the vacation rental industry with their dynamic pricing platform so I'm going to go back to the basics on this one I'm going to ask Andrew exactly what dynamic pricing is and and how it works and whether it and I know that that, that wheelhouse does work with independent owners as well as property managers so I think this is a great interview for anybody who is interested in yield management, changing your prices to suit events, to suit the seasons, and having that done automatically so it takes into account other pricing in the area so that you are always competitive. So even if new players come into the market, new owners come in, they start up and they start discounting their pricing, well, then your pricing will take that into account. At least that's, what, that's the way I think it works. So without further ado, let's move on over to the interview with Andrew. And uh, he's going to tell us all about dynamic pricing. So I'm delighted to have with me today, Andrew Kitchell from wheelhouse.com. And Andrew's here to tell us all about dynamic pricing. But first of all, I want to say thank you so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure to, uh, to have you here.
0: Well, thank you so much, Heather. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, this is great. I've got a ton of questions for you about uh, about dynamic pricing because I know I, I I did an episode on this a couple of years ago, but I've got a feeling it sort of went over my head a little bit. And I know things have changed over the over the years. I mean, things change have changed over the past week, uh, and definitely over the past month. So I'll be interested to to see you know where we're going on this and how the whole issue of dynamic pricing can impact um, independent owners as well as as well as property managers. So let's just kick off, you know, you, can you tell me a little bit about how, you know, why are you in this business? What got Mm -hmm. you into the business in the first place?
0: Sure. So I actually, I've done, um, the, the long, the longest story, which I'll try to keep a little shorter is I first learned about really vacation rentals and short-term rentals about eight or nine years ago. And, uh, which is obviously a little late in the game for some folks, but I learned about it when Airbnb was starting in San Francisco, And my roommate at the time was in the same Y Combinator class with Brian, this guy named Brian Chesky, when this company called Air Bed and Breakfast was starting. And I said, holy smokes, this is an interesting concept. And about four years later, I actually started my own uh, management company. So we were managing properties in San Francisco, uh, managing about 40 properties, and it was my kind of the lesson learned was, this is an extremely difficult job. There are a ton of things to do. And one of the things that I thought was most lacking was the actual tooling to be able to run this business really easily. Um, So at the time, uh, basically started to look at what technologies could be applied to some of the more difficult problems in the space to help people run these businesses better. And for me, probably the biggest challenge was pricing. Uh, there's obviously the physical. There's the physical stuff. There are all the problems that go wrong with the home. But the thing that seemed like you could actually um, solve a problem from uh, one office in San Francisco, which, where we're based, was pricing. And the reason pricing is hard is obviously individuals in our in our space often lack the time and the data and sometimes uh, kind of the, the the knowledge of revenue management to be able to price properties well. It seemed like a really good problem to apply technology to which is uh, part of my background as well so that's how I got to um my industry experience started by being in in industry learning about problems and figuring out what problem I was best positioned to solve and that was that was in my mind dynamic pricing
1: yeah it's it's interesting you know hearing hearing what you say because I've I've been in 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 the rental business for you know 20-25 years now and Mm -hmm. you know going back to um my time in England and, and then my early days in Ontario. I and mean, pricing just meant looking at the classified ads and seeing what, else, what, else, what, you know, what other properties were being advertised and basically charging much the same. You know, if I had a three-bedroom, one-bathroom property, then I'd look for other three-bedroom, one-bathroom properties. And it, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really. It was a bit like, you know, comparable pricing for, for realtors. You look at what's around mm-hmm. you. But then, as mm-hmm. I've grown into the business and realized that it, it it's not as easy as that when you when you see what diff- different different um, different properties have different features, different amenities, different locations. So mm-hmm. so I can see that there really is a place for this, and has been for, for quite some time. So
0: well, and, and and I would say I I think you're right. Maybe ten years ago that was that was fine, or five years ago that was fine, and I think. What we're interested in is, as as this industry has really grown, and as vacation rentals and short-term rentals have moved to the forefront of a lot of people's travel plans, it's maybe the first thing they're looking at when they're going traveling now. And as more inventory is coming online, it's just it's a more um, it, it's a more competitive space. It's a more um, it's a space where uh, there's just a lot to be done, and their bigger businesses have all been too, where um, people have a lot to do, an increasingly large amount to do. So automating some of the tasks of, of managing properties is something that, that we're pretty passionate about.
1: Well, I, and the other thing is, is that I've, and I still am in the business of as, as a property mm-hmm. manager of setting one price for low season, one price for high season, mm-hmm. price for long weekends and a price for ordinary weekends. And that really is it. It doesn't mm-hmm. really go much further than that. I mean, it could be, you know, in our, in our location that works, but even so i've been you know i look at all my competitors and nobody is doing anything in terms of changing the pricing through a summer season we've just passed our civic holiday weekend which is the last week of july the first week of august and the weekend in the middle that is the we know they're the prime weeks of the season mm-hmm. but we stick with this high season pricing all the way through because it's, for me and you know, is this difficult how diff- how mm-hmm. easy is this to make these changes and do we make these changes on on one property uh, and not on another property and so so this is really what i want to to get from you today is how does it work is it yeah. is it an onerous thing should independent owners be doing this i know as a property manager we should be doing this you know i i mean that's that, that is uh that that's probably not an argument i'm going to have but i i i really sort of want you to start from the beginning and may, maybe give me a couple of examples of how this works
0: i guess i guess what i'll dive into i'll i'll, I'll start at the beginning okay. and we'll see where we get to um so when our company here is we're 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 coming up on our our third birthday and when we started 60 percent of the in of the industry had the same price every single night of the year mm-hmm. And another 20% of properties had three-year fewer prices, so they might have had a high season and a low season, or a week and a weekend. And then there was another about 20% of properties that were starting to move towards more dynamic pricing, and it was still manual. People were going in and updating. You know, they'd they'd either um, go find a number of big events near them if that was if that was specific to their market. Maybe they would look at inventory that. You know, starting eight weeks out, they would start to drop prices or 12 weeks out, depending on where they were in their market. So there was a signal that some people were starting to, to apply more revenue management, dynamic pricing, or really data-driven pricing to, to their business in order to drive revenue. So that was a really interesting thing for us to see. Um, dynamic pricing and data-driven pricing is the idea, uh, data-driven pricing is the idea that you can use data to better understand how you should actually price your home on a given day. And it's really trying to abstract that thing that you mentioned, Heather, which is going and looking at your competitors and looking at other properties to figure out what your home is worth. And so one common question people ask me is, well, my home looks like my neighbor's home, but I have a pool. So how much is that pool worth? And the answer to that question is, well, is your home in miami or north dakota and is it december or july and is your pool empty or full so there's a lot of variables that actually go into determining what your home is worth and the best determinant of what your home is worth is how the market books your home right the market will look at look at all homes If, if they're looking across a lot of channels they'll see everything and they'll choose usually first the properties that are the best for the best price so um, data-driven pricing is about understanding where you stack up in kind of all those different, all those different categories. And then looking at other things like local events, seasonal demand, can you, can you drive more uh, bookings on weekends, et cetera. What are basically the, the things that will change the value of your home on any given day? So that's data-driven pricing. And, and dynamic pricing, it, it, I mean, data-driven pricing, dynamic pricing, basically the same thing. Um, Automation of dynamic pricing is the thing that our company helps with. So once once you've established kind of a baseline and we've developed a a curve, kind of a chart of how your home should be priced on any given day, well, the market changes daily, actually, and properties that are, you know, if you have a vacancy two weeks from now, it's not worth the same amount as a vacancy six months from now, Um, just based on on a few models that we can look at to, to look at booking patterns. And, and really, uh, automatic dynamic pricing or automated dynamic data-driven pricing is the, is the act of going and updating your prices every single day with the goal of maximizing revenue for your property based on your unique listing. Um, what, what else can I fill in there?
1: Where does the data come from?
0: So, good question. Um, the data comes from vacation rental platforms. So we look at, on, on any given day, our company looks at about 2.4 million listings in all the markets we're in and we're about, we're in about 15 countries around around the world right now. Uh, so the most important thing is how the vacation rental market is actually booking. Um, other factors we look at include hotel pricing. Uh, we've looked at flights, but flight flight information is a little bit redundant with, with hotel booking patterns. Uh, and really there are two main models that, that our company relies on. So basically, um, the two the two challenges in pricing your home are making sure if there's something that's going to raise your prices dramatically in the far future, you want to set those prices, you want to set your prices high before bookings occur, or else your place might book and you wouldn't be able to capture that revenue. Or if bookings are really slow, adjusting your prices and dropping them soon enough to actually make sure you get bookings. So the two challenges are basically predicting what you can charge and reacting. To market conditions, So we have a predictive model, which is based on a lot of hotel prices and hotel prices and hotel bookings actually uh, emerge a lot before vacation rental bookings often do. And then we have a reactive model, which says, hey, we predicted these prices were going to to be possible to achieve. How is the market actually booking on any given day? And therefore, how should we adjust your price of your home so that we can maximize revenue for you? Mm-hmm. And, and um, the other nuance there. I will say heather is that uh, our biggest lesson learned in this business is that there are so many unique strategies and every owner is unique just like every property is unique so really what we built is uh, our team specializes in gathering a huge amount of data we have uh, a four-person data science team that analyzes of data we we put a lot of capital into investing in developing models that can help people drive more money but then uh, really we try to put the owner in control of how our model should react. So therefore, uh, an owner could tell us, should we take a conservative or aggressive approach with pricing their properties? And more recently, we split that out even more to say, uh, you can choose any month and tell us to be a little more aggressive here, a little more conservative here. And you can dial in all the settings around everything from weekends to large events, et cetera. And that really puts the owner in control of telling our system uh, what we should do to try to to try to help them run their business as they want to run their business. And that's really where we think the magic lies. We're really good at data. You're really good at understanding what you want from your business. And uh, our tooling is 100% designed to enable that.
1: So does this work equally as well in r- rural areas as it does in urban areas? Because we know that you know, the, the majority of the data that's coming out of Airbnb, I'm, I'm assuming, is from urban locations where there are thousands upon thousands of properties. Whereas in the rural locations, you know, like like ours, you know, that we are we are rural. There are um, you know, I, I live on a lake and there's probably a dozen or so properties on this lake that offer rentals. So mm-hmm. how does how does um, the system take into account this you know this, this diversity of uh, locations?
0: Great question. So there's um the way we would think about that is uh what do you do with sparse data? Or if there, if there aren't a lot of listings in an area, how do you construct a model? And um, one, thing that, one pattern that we found that's really interesting is a lot of areas that are sparse or rural, um, they have similar booking patterns. So we can apply lessons learned from other areas where there are sparse, there are sparse number of few listings um, to help understand how those properties will likely book. And, I think um, in some ways dynamic pricing is easier in, in urban markets, no doubt about it. And the reason is because we have so many listings to look at, we can get really precise and granular understanding of what good Wi-Fi is worth or what a patio is worth in the city or what, um, or what that pool might be worth. We can get really, really precise around location and bedroom count, bathroom count, etc. Um, it is in some ways easier. Uh, for us, we were really excited to see the pattern emerging that sparse areas book similarly, because all of a sudden that means that we can look at lots of properties to understand how they should book. So the truth is every market's unique. The more data, the better. Mm-hmm. We always think that the market is the ultimate source of truth, which means that the more the longer we 're able to watch your home book in relation to other properties near you, the better. Uh, our company will only turn on dynamic pricing for markets where we think we have enough data to actually help people mm-hmm. uh, otherwise, we ruin our name and our reputation. So really, um, we have focused, um, we cover uh, thousands of markets at this point. We probably have more urban than rural locations, but certainly we have rural locations. And, um, I would say the lessons learned for someone who's in a rural location, should we, uh, not be in your market, um, is that dynamic pricing definitely works. Mm -hmm. You can drive a lot more revenue and even, even spending a little time each week to go update prices, um, uh, maybe just for last-minute bookings, is going to have an impact on your bottom line. So even without our software automation, there are ways to use dynamic pricing to, um, to probably get a little more juice out of your properties.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned things like Wi-Fi. And, and, of course, that for us, it's something that's relatively new. Uh, in, our, <laughs> in our very rural areas, we've, it's only been the last couple of years that we, <clears> we have had internet connections. However, in most places, it's still satellite connection. So, mm. uh, you know, on my own on my own property, we just have a satellite. Um, mm. the, the, the big dish sits on top of the roof, and that sucks in the the, the bandwidth, or not much of it. Um, but you know, it's two a, a year ago. We could only offer mm-hmm. thirty gigs a month, mm-hmm. so to our guests. So we were telling them, you know, I'm sorry, guys. This this allows you to send emails. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can do some research and see if, if, if there's, um, you know, what's on at the local movie theater or the drive-in. Um, but mm-hmm. we've just up, there's a new satellite been launched and um, was, was commissioned earlier this year. So we're now up to 100 gigs a month, which is, you know, this is getting big time. However, it's yeah. not fast enough really to, I mean, you run Netflix and you're going to be buffering. So, right. but then, but I'm seeing this happening because we're now having to show this on every listing, you know, how much, how much you have per week. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing this, you know, it, it's becoming a deal breaker for guests. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're saying, I want unlimited internet. I want Netflix. Um, right. You know, I, we don't care if the sun shines 24 hours a day. We want to be indoors right. watching Netflix. Um, right. Because that used to be the argument for our owners. Well, they should be outside on the water and taking in the nature. And it's, you know, I know that we can't tell our guests how they should enjoy their vacation. Yeah. Um, but I, but uh, my point is is that we are seeing this this difference in just one single amenity. Yeah. That if, if-, if we know that a property has unlimited internet, it's going to get a higher um, a higher booking rate or a faster booking rate than right. one that just has the three gigs a week.
0: Right. And I think a really probably, so I agree. I think if you're going to a beautiful place in Canada, you should be outdoors enjoying the scenery and hiking and, and tramping around the mud, et cetera. Um, I think the, the reality is that, uh, and I have, I have a nephew now and he's 18 months old and he already loves he already loves my sister's iPad. And I think a lot of parents are saying, well, um, having Wi Fi is a great way to keep our kids maybe entertained or distracted. And for family travelers who come into, staying in your cabins often, I'm sure, uh, maybe it's not even for the parents, it's for the kids. So I think that's the type of thing that you're um, uh, each, each individual owner out there, we can all do a good job of going and understanding what our customers want and understanding what they'll pay for. And, and um, dynamic pricing, in some ways, Picks out those trends, right? We'll understand what the value of Wi-Fi is by watching how, you know, what 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 amenity drives the most return, the most value. Um, one interesting amenity, for example, in in urban markets, is that sleeper sofas are worth a whole lot of money.
1: Oh, interesting. I
0: so so for example, if you had a two bedroom that can sleep six people because you have a sleeper sofa in the living room, that's worth a lot. In fact, it's in Almost every urban market is worth it's worth it for owners to invest in a good sleeper sofa, and to be able to ha- to be able to host two to six guests, and that'll open up the range of people you're able to book to book to, and really like your booking patterns are going to be partly based on how many people you get in front of. That's the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. The the only way you're going to be able to sell your home is obviously if people actually find you and they're interested in your property. So, so being available, having amenities that uh, increase the number of people who are interested in your property is the first step to driving your business success. I think.
1: Coming back to the data, so how does when we're mm-hmm. talking about Wheelhouse, we're talking about what your company is able to do. So how how do you collect that data about a sleeper sofa? How how do you know that property A has a sleeper sofa and property B does not?
0: Mhm. Couple couple ways to do it. Sometimes people will list it as an amenity. Sometimes you can just see if the, if there's um if there's a two bedroom that sleeps six, mm-hmm. you can you can actually you can see that impact. But on on some people will actually just check a box so you can actually see that amenity. And then you watch booking patterns, and you can see you can see there are a thousand properties that have sleeper sofas, and there are ten thousand that don't. Mm-hmm. And um. Luckily, the people behind me are data scientists are able to slice the data and be able to say, okay, well let's, is is the higher return on these properties being driven by sleeper sofa or are there other factors? Maybe they're better locations, maybe they're better, whatever, but when you look at a huge amount of data, you're able to understand and basically cross cut the data to be able to see what the impact is. So we understand the impact of things like, uh, I mean, we look at about 26 different amenities and uh, it's, it's everything from shampoo to Wi-Fi, to sleeper sofas, to patios, to pools, obviously. Um, parking, um, all, all these things that, and again, some of those are maybe more urban market specific. Um, I can't imagine a, a vacation rental not having parking, um, or, or a, a rural vacation rental not having parking, but, but definitely by looking at a large amount of data, you're able to get towards more certainty and the true value of any amenity, any location, any day of the year, etc.
1: Yeah, I, I I find this I find this fascinating because I know I know we price with you know the, the old um, finger in the air because this property yeah. has has unlimited Wi-Fi. It accepts pets. It has flexibility of accommodation, so it may you know it sleeps ten in three yeah. bedrooms because it has one room that has two two sets of bunk beds, that sort of thing. That that property is going to achieve more than than another that doesn't have Wi-Fi, that doesn't accept pets. I mean, those ones we, we, we do know don't rent well and, and has right. maybe got a queen bed in every room. So I'm seeing exactly what you're saying, but at the moment we're just using the wet finger technique
0: to, <laughs> yeah. to
1: well, price these.
0: Well, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this that uh, 60% of the inventory in our space when we started at the same price every single night, mm-hmm. night of the year. And I would say most owners or managers at the time were usually in January, looking at how they performed over the past year and saying, okay, well, should we raise prices or lower prices? Maybe making one adjustment per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even that was kind of the wet finger test. So so really um, what what our company does is we're, we're practicing an established science. Uh, revenue management is a part of the game for every aspect of, of hospitality and travel. Um, and whenever you have expiring inventory, which is the idea that you could never sell yesterday's vacant room, Again, when you have expiring inventory, you can apply basically revenue management techniques to maximize the revenue. And flights do it. Obviously, hotels do it. Increasingly, tourist activities do it. Events are starting to do it. Anything that's expiring or really in, in, in the hospitality space, you can, you can use this methodology. And what, what our company has done, which is... Uh, It's just take those, take, we actually, we, we, we threw out the old models. We made up a whole, a whole new statistical approach to, to figure out how to do this is uh, apply revenue management to a really, uh, highly fragmented, highly differentiated inventory set where, um, when you're looking to book a hotel room, you're usually looking at a one star, two star, three star, four star, five star. If you're booking a vacation rental, it's much more emotional. You're usually going with their family. You're looking at a huge range of amenities. You mentioned, I mean, you mentioned pets. Um, cleaning fees going to be important. Security deposits going to be important. All these things are factors that play into people's buying decisions. Uh, so we, we're just we try to make models that consider all these different factors that can actually impact someone's likelihood to book your property on any given day, and try to make it easy for you to therefore run your business better.
1: I, I find this this really fascinating because I'm sort of starting to think how can I stop this wet finger exercise and majority of owners in in my part of the world just have you know they, they have seasonal pricing but you set your pricing at the beginning of the year and never change it
0: i might encourage for people who are interested in trying uh, especially who have call it five ten or in your case a, a fair number of properties um maybe it's best not to do it all at once mm-hmm. maybe it's best to try it with three or four properties and understand, learn, and understand how whether it's challenging or not, and whether it can fit into your practices, and then apply it to your whole portfolio as you start to learn the techniques mm-hmm. that work for you. Or try it if you if you're in a position where there's automated software around, you could try one or two properties, um, and that might be a good way to experiment and understand how how pricing can can work for you.
1: Okay, that's great. So tell me tell me now about Wheelhouse, about your company, yeah. and how the process works for for an owner, but let, let's say for for an owner.
0: So if you're an owner and we're available in your area and we're in a lot of markets, um, you can come to usewheelhouse.com. If your properties, we, we connect with a major, uh, a bunch of the major channels, uh, Airbnb, TripAdvisor, we have property management. We have relations with about five property management companies now are pro- property management software. So you can connect and price all your properties across all your different channels, but you can come link to use wheelhouse. You can then click into, we'll show you all your listings on a dashboard. You can then click into any individual listing, see how we'd price you on any day. You can then adjust all sorts of things, base price, min price, max price, how we should be pricing your weekends, how we should be pricing July, August, September, whatever it may be. You can also go in and create a custom rate just by clicking on any number of days. And when your calendar is set how you want it, When you're ready to go, you just push start, and we'll then update your prices every single day. We'll update your prices immediately, and then every single day thereafter, just to maximize value. And over time, we have machine learning algorithms that just watch how you book. Mm -hmm. And we watch how you book relative to your neighbors. And we give you feedback, and that feedback's both in the product itself and in in the price updates that we make um, to help you maximize revenue unless you tell us to do otherwise. And some people say
1: do you have to be working with one, with, with with these property management systems that, that you are integrated with?
0: With those, or with the channels themselves?
1: Okay, so so if so home away or Airbnb,
0: you just link. You can link to us, and um, what we're working on now is a way to if if you don't work with a property management software where your prop where um, your listings are unified around an address, mm-hmm. we're working on a way now so you can link, say, Airbnb and a TripAdvisor account into as one property uh, that will be available probably in about three months Um, or you can connect a property management software to us. And if we don't, if we don't connect to your property management software, send me a note. I'm Andrew at use and we'll get to work on it.
1: Okay. That sounds, uh, that's great. And I'll be putting all this, uh, all the information on the show notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, then, uh, then they'll have that information. So, so, this this sounds this sounds something that um is is possibly something everybody should be doing but i'm thinking that many people are not what sort of percentage of owners property managers are actually getting involved with with pricing their property that's a really
0: good question um it's actually a little difficult for me to answer because i don't have the data right in front of me um i I would say the number is definitely growing Mm -hmm. um and I think you, you alluded to this, but in urban markets there's been more adoption of this technology. In rural markets, it's probably coming. Um, but it's something that every major you know, Airbnb has their own pricing. Homeway's launching their own pricing. We're directly integrated into TripAdvisor now, so we are we we price all properties on TripAdvisor, uh, for any market we're in. Um, so I, I would say it's it's coming everywhere, it's growing and, and it's just it's a response to um, more people wanting to run their business better, and well, so. And
1: I, and I I'm, I'm I assume it's, it's it's a response to the proliferation of properties onto the market now. I mean, absolutely. You know, th- three or four years ago, Airbnb hadn't infiltrated into our rural market, and now I'm just astonished to to see how many properties. You know, if I open up a map on on one of our local lakes on Airbnb, yeah. it's just that. Like, where did they come from? Um,
0: and book, and Booking. is coming into every market as well.
1: Yeah, we, we had this cozy little, cozy little area that, that was that was just really managed by a few property management companies, through rental management companies, and some some owners who who listed with VRBO. And now it's a completely different picture. Uh, mm-hmm. We are having to we're having to adapt to a different world. Yeah and yeah and this world is is not it doesn't stop spinning
0: <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's it's very interesting because um without a doubt supply growth more properties coming online is it has been one of the biggest phenomenons of of what's happened in the short-term in vacation rental space as a really it started with home but airbnb increased the trust in this entire category mm-hmm. of uh, potential hospitality options for for people and uh, the second really interesting phenomenon, though, has been that demand, which just continues to grow. And people really want these properties and they want them when they travel to cities and they want them when they tra- travel to, va- to vacation destinations. And I'm I, for vacation rental owners, I'm actually a proponent of um, growth of Airbnb and other major booking sites in the cities is really good at getting a new class of traveler interested in when they travel to vacation destinations they're not staying in a hotel but coming to stay with you so it's actually a good thing there's this i think there's a a, uh, Airbnb can introduce a lot of potential customers to what it's like to stay at a home as opposed to a hotel demand demand is is growing really rapidly
1: i tend to talk about my own my own rural market but i know that uh, you know our rural market is is duplicated in in many areas in the u.s you know in in Upper Peninsula in Michigan, in in Maine, in Wisconsin. We all have this Lakeland where we have the the high demand in the summer and the low demand in the winter, unless uh, you're mm-hmm. in the ski area, of course, and this pro- proliferation of, of new players in the market, which is you know, it's really muddying the waters for us. We were all nice and safe and cosy back in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, here, and here we are being really catapulted into 2018 with not knowing what's ahead. So uh, with with that in mind, what, not knowing what's ahead, what, what, what do you predict what's going to happen in the industry in the next couple of years?
0: I think that the vacation rental and short-term rental industry are, is the most interesting place in travel. And it's the most interesting place in travel because trust – uh, in this, in this inventory, has never been higher. It's never been more accessible to a broader group of people. There also never been more properties online. I think there's some really big technological trends that are going to continue to accelerate people wanting to stay in these unique, what what I call unique distributed accommodations. Um, that includes everything as wild as self-driving cars, <laughs> which is call it ten years out. Uh, which will will have, have a really beneficial impact on the vacation I, world too.
1: I was I was watching a segment on uh, on the news yesterday about self driving aeroplanes.
0: Uh huh.
1: I know pilotless aeroplanes. <laughs> now it, that you know, I'm. Probably not going to be around for the self-driving aeroplane. <laughs> I think I'm quite happy yeah. with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are the type of things I don't really share that often because it sounds crazy to say that self-driving cars or aeroplanes are going to have an impact on, on distributed accommodations, but they will. Um, so basically, pe- people love this inventory type. I expect huge amounts of growth. Even, even people on the hotel side who I talk to you now say, uh, let's say roughly worldwide, there are about 10 million vacation rental and short-term rental properties. Uh, hoteliers now expect that number to go to 50 million. Mm-hmm. 50 million. It's 5, 5x growth. Um, and I'll put a timeline on it for them. I think we're going to see that in 20 years, uh, if not sooner. So it's it's the most exciting aspect of the, of the hospitality space. The reason I think it's the most interesting is because it's the most, in my mind, the most creative mm-hmm. aspect of the hospitality space. We see um, we see people, I mean, there are people who built amazing brands already who are now coming online in a more meaningful way. I think the chance to be distinct and unique and passionate about your business is like, it's going to pay dividends. So I, I think it's an incredibly exciting time in our space. I, I think uh, people are right to be concerned. The business is changing. There, there's going to be a lot of flux. But uh, ultimately, we're going to end up in, um, with, with this being a really, really huge aspect of the ho- accommodations and hospitality markets. And um, it's it's an exciting time.
1: It is indeed.
0: You- <laughs> yeah.
1: So, Andrew, it's been an absolute delight talking with you. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Wheelhouse? And uh, and
0: No, I've had a great time talking to you with you. I, I would say the, the main thing I would just stress is uh, we get it. Dynamic pricing is hard. They've driven pricing is hard. The goal of our site is to make it easier, mm-hmm. ideally easy, um, and really, we think uh, our success lies in being, uh, we're really good at collecting data and understanding how markets are, are performing. And each owner is really good at understanding what kind of parameters they want to put on that, that pricing model so that it works for them. And I would say everything we do is, is really aimed at putting owners in control and being able to do what they want and, and make their lives easier. So um, welcome anyone to check it out. We always love feedback and um, appreciate you taking time, Heather, to learn more about our business and talk about the space.
1: Well, I hope I get the chance to meet you face-to-face either in uh, Orlando at VRMA or at the Vacation Rental Success Summit in San Antonio next May. That would be absolutely great to, uh, to see Wheelhouse there. But for the time being, thank you so much, Andrew, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Wow, what a great discussion with Andrew. We actually followed on after I stopped recording and uh, and really got into talking about how um, wheelhouse could work for um, for my property management company because I don't I just don't see dynamic a lot of dynamic pricing going on in our area. However, the the proliferation of properties for rent is just mind blowing. Um, I just have to look at a couple of our bigger lakes and then look on Airbnb and where there were no properties on airbnb 4 years ago now you you can barely see the map for the uh, for the map markers so i think it's important in our area, in many, many areas, and for many owners and small property managers, that you are, if you aren't considering dynamic pricing, that you really do so, because I think it's going to be a great advantage to us as we move on in this industry, as it continues to move on at a breakneck pace. And you can tell by my, my voice when I get excited about something. My business partner hates it because, you know, I, I will go to him and say, hey, Craig, I've got an idea. And he hates that. It's the four words he said. You know, if, if 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 somebody asks me what four words I hate the most, it's "I've got an idea" because he hears it from me so often, and and that makes him sound like he's 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 truly stuck in the mud. But he he's he is forward thinking. He just gets the but he just tends to get this barrage of ideas that uh, that he has to sift through. Um, I mean, he's a he was a database manager for many many years, so. He loves the detail. So I come up with these great strategic plans and and then he has to delve around in all the detail of them to make sure that what I'm strategically planning is going to work effectively operationally, which I have to say, they don't always do this. So that's it for another week of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. Uh, Of course... Uh, I will put links to wheelhouse.com uh, onto the show notes. So please go on and have a look. If you've got any comments, if you already do dynamic pricing within your business or data-driven pricing within your business, and it, I'd love to hear your experiences. So either put them on the show notes or you could e- email, uh, email me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. And I know Andrew would love to hear from you too. So, you know, please get in touch with him directly or just go through the wheelhouse.com website and the contact area on there and uh, and somebody will get back to you. Um, I'm encouraging Wheelhouse to come and join us at the Vacation Rental Success Summit next year because um, dynamic pricing is not something that's been discussed at the last two conference events so i think it will be a very very good addition to to what we're offering at the event um on the subject of VRSS in San Antonio next may i promise i really am not going to go on about it for every single podcast but it is you know plans are definitely um growing in pace you know it's moving forward we are getting some great response from some exhibitors and some sponsors. And I know Mike's going to be starting to let you know of, of, of our progress and what's going to be happening at VRSS 18 in San Antonio very soon. So once again, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you and I'll look forward to next week. This episode of Vacation Rental
0: Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.